This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. Uh, this is round 27 of our NL Playoffs podcast. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say namaste. Hello world. Aniket, how's it going, man? How's your uh, last couple of weeks been sporting-wise? Sporting-wise, it's been bad because <laughs> I've not caught up with too many sports. Even though there was so much happening in the world of sport. uh but how am i doing i'm doing fine i'm alive i'm grateful so counting my blessings yeah um we just finished with uh the last grand slam of the year in the world of tennis which is us open so we have a recurring guest back again on the podcast we have abhijit joining us abhijit welcome back and uh, quite a last week for you on the news laundry podcast i heard your name on the hafta last week i don't yes, know if you did or not Oh thanks man I haven't heard my name on hafta so I might just go back and check okay, that Okay so he's he's apparently you gave a book to Abhinandan so he read oh, yeah. it so he recommended that book on Oh hafta. wow so that's how that's I heard nice. your name That's so, so nice a, <laughs> So quite a week for you Yeah uh but yeah again uh yeah the US Open man uh what a tournament I mean we have a lot to cover in this episode I guess Yeah we do have a lot to cover in the episode we have US Open tennis coming up Uh, we were just talking offline about the Asia Cup. Uh, I I watched it uh, as much as I could. Uh, I know Aniket, you 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 are probably uh, time zone disadvantaged with Asia Cup. Uh, but then I think the the main the major takeaway obviously was the two India Pakistan games from like a not just a sporting point of view but off the field point of view, which uh, the Hafta folks covered I think quite well uh, on the last episode. So if you want to. Uh, follow the whole Ashdeep Singh fiasco offline. I guess uh, after the match and online, uh, you can definitely follow that. Uh, having said that, Sri Lanka did end up winning the Asia Cup. I think they had a really good tournament uh, in terms of you know I, th- that team comes across to me like a team that has uh, you know where the sum or the parts is greater than the sum or is that the sum is greater than the whole. Is, am I saying that right? What is the what is the proverb? I guess. what a way to put me in the spot okay <laughs> but i think <laughs> i think <laughs> it's the parts i, I don't know dude i but the, i yeah, i get what you're saying the parts is greater than the whole is you know you get it but yeah this is they, ha- they really have a good team they have a really good bunch of uh, uh, t20 players so sri lanka the sri lankans ended up winning it but i think the the bigger tournament that is coming up all of these are preparations towards the t20 world cup coming up later this year in australia so uh, once that kicks off i think we're going to definitely uh discuss that in detail uh, abhijit i know you said you did watch a little bit of the asia cup what were your main takeaways from it yeah dude i mean every time there's an india pakistan match you know like every other fellow indian i will tune in and uh, yeah the first match was great the second we one we lost uh but my takeaway was just that there's so much hatred man about you know uh, how when teams lose basically you know beat india or pakistan and you saw what happened online that was very unfortunate uh but like a uh, one silver lining in all of this was sri lanka winning uh the asia cup with you know whatever happened in their country with the whole geopolitics um so yeah sports is something that will always uh, you know make uh, such impact and uh, yeah now i we moved to the t20 world cup 
and I just hope you know we manage to go deep in the tournament because I'm not very confident with what happened with Rohit Sharma's captaincy at in the IPL and what how we performed at this uh, Asia Cup. So yeah, uh, I'm not too confident, but let's see. I also I was surprised by. No, go ahead, Abhi. Yeah, no, so I was sorry, like, yeah, up. you guys uh, mentioned this. I was thinking about this. So even due to the time zones, right? Somehow I have stopped watching cricket for a while now, but somehow when there's an India-Pakistan match, I will end up uh, logging in and checking the score. If not, watch the game. And this time I did catch. Is that the four? Is that the 4G kid in you, Aniket? I don't know what it is. I think it's every. I don't know. I've stopped following cricket, but there is something about an India. I've been trying to analyze this. And uh, why it's this way, but it is the way it is. Because I did catch the first game, the second game not complete. Uh, but yeah, and it was uh, sad to see what happened with Ashdi. But I, I also have a strong opinion. I feel uh, it's only people who don't play the sport or don't understand sport who create these, uh, you know, uh, campaigns or whatever, whatever this is. I don't know, but this uh, form of trolling. Uh, rather sad, uh, but again, hey, Sri Lanka is a story we should focus on because uh, that shows the power of sport. Yes, Sri Lanka, by the way, was the official host country for the Asia Cup this year. They just couldn't host it there, so they moved it to uh, the UAE. Um, the other thing about Ashdeep, just wanted to add a quick note on that, is that there's this whole thing of he was laughing after he dropped the catch. Well, he, I, he was not laughing, laughing. Every, people react to... Uh, people react differently to different uh, uh, adversities, right? Pe- all people are different. He was, I'm sure he was not feeling happy about dropping an easy catch. It was just a nervous laughter. It could be anything. You know, people react differently to adversity. So, I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. But he's a great bowler. If you watch the second India-Pakistan game, the last over, he did not have much to play with. He bowled a great over. Uh, now, the run out and all of that, we can debate till the cows come home. But... Uh, he, I think he bowled a brilliant over. So he's, he's. I think he's. Def- he's. He got picked again for the T20 World Cup squad, which is great. Rohit Sharma, by the way, uh, I know Abhijit was talking about him. Uncharacteristically uh, flustered, a little irritable. I thought uh, Mumbai Indians. I think he had obviously a much better team with all the riches and glory and whatnot. But uh, definitely found him a little uh, irritable and uh, throwing a few temper tantrums here and there, Abhijit. Yeah, dude, like someone like Rohit Sharma, I'm a big fan, okay? You're coming from Mumbai, you know, being a fan of Mumbai Indians, you know, having met him. I, I think Rohit Sharma is, I think, a spectacular guy. But lately, I'm not very happy with his choices when it comes to captaincy. And uh, yeah, like that's what, that's what I said, you know, I'm not very confident going into the T20 World Cup. Let's see what happens. It's a pre- So, again, my opinion about Rohit Sharma will be based off two games. So, it's unfair uh, because I just caught two games. But... Even in these two games, which seem to be crucial games, he seemed uninspiring. I don't, I don't, I can't find a better word to say uh, than this. That somehow he didn't. I, I, I didn't get the feeling of him being a leader and you know uh, stepping out. I, I don't know. It's personality. It's just the way he is. Uh, I don't know what it is, but yeah. I think a part of it is his personality, where he's just a little. But it also, so again, cricket is not the most physical sport, but for somehow, Rohit Sharma seems more of the physicality in the game than an average cricketer, even Indian cricketers. Let's not talk about like Australians and uh, New Zealanders and others, but just in India, he's he, he doesn't seem physically ready. I, I'm, I could be wrong because I'm just looking from appearances and telling, but it just seems very un- uninspiring and no, underwhelming. I think- 
No, that's the uh, Abhinandan was briefly talking about it about how he was he does not have like an athlete's body or something, but he's been that way for the last few years. I think he's put on weight. Uh, he's definitely p- packed a few p- pounds on the belly, definitely. But I think, I mean, cricket is a different sport. It it needs a different set of skills, different uh, physicality, as you said. So just because a person is a little bit on the higher side doesn't mean he's not fit to play cricket or something like that. But he's definitely on the let's say on the other side of the scale than compared to Kohli. But you know, as long as he delivers, he's definitely. I don't think that necessarily helps putting on weight. I'm not saying that, but hey, every there were like former Australian players or former Indian players who did great being that being at you know X level of fitness. But but I but I see I I get your point up. Uh, yeah, and my point is not that uh, people shouldn't be selected because they are uh, slightly uh, not physically fit. Because again, batting is about footwork. It's it's not about like you know it's, you're not a pace bowler where you're running a few kilometers every game. So it's all about footwork, timing, hand-eye coordination. You can still have all of that. So yeah, no, I'm I yeah okay. Yeah, so uh, the uh, so that that's what, as far as Asia Cup. I think we, once we get to the T Twenty World Cup, we'll talk more cricket. I'm sure, uh, which we want to. So we'll have hopefully have some more guests on. But having said that, I think we should uh, move towards uh, the world of tennis. But just before that, we I I know Aniket and I discussed this a couple of episodes back, Abhijit. So I'm going to ask you this question in light of uh, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth's passing. Uh, all of the not all of the but all of the premier league matches were postponed last week there was no football over the weekend which absolutely sucked for me because i was home sitting doing nothing except watching formula 1 and that was it um what do you make of the whole uh, response to the queen's passing in the commonwealth i'm not saying in england because it's it's, it's a, understandable it's, yeah it's i guess it's understandable yeah i agree with that what do you make of the whole reaction uh, in the commonwealth countries you see most of the african countries in india there's all of these quote unquote tributes pouring into the queen um what do you, what did you make of this reaction i think uh, i had a how to say a more of a mixed reaction i wasn't like oh you know you should like not celebrate the queen or you should you know be talking ill about her at this time uh because I, i'm a big fan of history so i've read a lot about her and i've seen a lot of tv shows and documentaries about her so it's not like i admire her or something but she's been a part of uh, you know very important uh, historical events you know for past seven decades so i understand where those uh, uh, the tributes and thoughts are coming from but at the same time it's understandable when you know you see many african countries or asian countries whose people are mad that you know she is still you know wearing the crowns uh, crown jewels of people uh, her ancestors slaved you know so Uh, that's not good uh, so yeah but i understand i mean in united kingdom if people are not playing uh, sporting events for one weekend that's fine i guess uh, i don't see any problem there. the for me the irony was england was playing south africa in a test series right so it got postponed by a couple of uh, days the irony was the irony was the that there was like a i think there was like a minute silence or a couple of minutes silence before the start of uh, uh, day's play on the third day i think which was technically the first day of that uh, of the test match Uh, so there was this whole silence and uh, it, it was just I- ironic that south africa was there and observing a minute silence for the queen aniket yeah uh, again 
Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on this, but I'll keep them to myself. But I, yeah, I do understand you feel grief of any person passing away, right? Any person, uh, especially if you've known about them, read about them, uh, you feel grief. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing more to add than I, I feel, I feel sad that somebody important passed away. But I don't think uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole monarchy, and I, I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, I should put it that way that it, I don't understand. Uh, what the monarchy does and uh, why it should even exist in today's world. We discussed this, I think, last episode. Uh, I was in London and uh, it was just weird. Yeah. Today, I feel they're more like actors, you know, and it kind of helps them, uh, the UK population, when, like, you know, the government fails them. They have a figure to look at, which is, like, stable. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that. But I think uh, it's a topic for some another podcast some other time. <laughs> No, yeah, but I just wanted to discuss that in light of the whole, you know, postponements and so on. Uh, because e- even in Wimbledon, right, there was, I think there was the Duke of the Edinburgh, right? It was Duke of Edinburgh who yeah. o- often comes in. Uh, now it's the, the now it's the, uh, the what's her name? Uh, William's uh, wife. Uh, okay. Kate, Kate. Yeah. Oh, Middleton. Yeah, yeah. Middleton. Middleton comes in now uh, in, in, instead mm. of that. Okay. Yeah. So the whole thing where, you know, when they come and they just do the whole gesture and all of that seems a very, seems like they all do, either they bow or they, or the ladies do the whole yeah. uh, the bending the knees thing. Cut it's it's uh, all yeah. so weird to me. And in the 21st century, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And I also had a question. So given that the footballing season already has a packed schedule, right? Because the World Cup's coming up. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting to see how this postponement would uh, impact uh, rest of the leagues because you're obviously already playing like almost three matches a week for the top teams especially so it'll be very interesting to uh, see what happens I also found it uh, maybe it's only me and maybe it's not because I don't have a nuanced argument but this league was played during peak pandemic right it was uh, it was not postponed it was played during uh, obviously it was played in closed stadiums but it was played nevertheless and i don't know how many people died so I, i'm conflicted on the fact of this uh, postponement i don't know I, i'm trying to still understand obviously there's a more nuanced argument to this it's a it's a morning i understand it's someone important uh, but i'm trying to learn more that's all i can no, say i think uh, i was listening to the guardian football weekly they have a great football podcast so i think it has to do with uh, uh, the backlash that corporations usually usually get in this day and age when things go, you know, it's just, it's it's social media mobbing, right? So let's say the Premier League goes ahead and there is a minute silence or a couple of minutes silence and so, and just a section of the crowd boos the Queen or something like that, right? And then it's it's a Twitter storm after that. They're yeah, doing it to Ireland after. anyway. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. It's just backlash after backlash after backlash on Twitter. Twitter and it's, they're, they were, I think they were afraid of the backlash. There's nothing else other than that. But I think now that the cricket tournament... Sorry, yeah. is it because that people in the stadium might react negatively? Was that the reason? Like, I th- I think I think that's but you have people reacting on Twitter anyways negatively. So uh, I mean no, but there is, it's it's different when it's when you can see it in with your eyes, right? There's a whole minute silence. All the sta- uh, the whole stadium is quiet, but then there's a sec. You can hear the section of a section of people booing the Queen, let's say, and then it's just one thing leads to another on Twitter. It's not good optics. It's just hash- yeah, yeah. It's after that. It's just hashtag boycott Premier League for a week or two. Uh, that keeps trending for like five days and. 
and the corp- now premier league has to put out a statement and say they regret apologies and all that but i think now in hindsight i think just judging by the public reaction to the minute silence in the test match and there was like i think there was a golfing tournament that also went ahead um so everything went very smoothly the uh, i think everybody was able to pay respects to her and all of that so i think in hindsight they're probably regretting the decision but i think it was they made a safe choice and just thought just postpone it in honor of the queen to be fair it seemed like from uh, what i learned and uh, england was actually in mourning they it, it was uh, it was sad in general uh, over uh, the uk so yeah well i mean they made a decision it's fine let's move on yeah and my only my last statement is as you said danik it's just freaking weird man that the, the the whole kingdom thing and the queen and the king thing is just weird i don't know it's we are in 2022 we are recording this on the 13th of september by the way in 2022 it's so still so weird to me let's let's move on to uh, us open tennis uh, this is what we really for on this podcast anyway right so let's move on to uh, tennis so uh, us open just concluded um there was a winner in the men's singles uh, side of things and also there's a w- winner in the women's singles side of things but let's start with serena shall we she's a phenomenon an icon a legend ladies and gentlemen serena williams serena williams 1998 australian open the impact that these two young ladies have made at such an early stage in their careers has never been done before from the public courts of Compton, California to US Open champion Grand Slam titles now. And it's Serena time again. Now the Williams. 2014 US Open champion. 19th Grand Slam of her career. Serena Williams is the Grand Slam champion for the 21st time. Serena Williams again. Two fingers on each hand. 22. Championship point for Serena Williams. And Serena smashes Steffi's record. It's number 23. Uh Serena Williams lost in the third round of the US Open. uh i think she's probably going to retire we'll see that don't think anything is official official yet but i'm but most likely i think she's going to retire so as things stand she has 23 grand slam titles to her name singles titles 14 doubles titles uh there is nobody who has those many grand slam titles uh, to their name uh just an unbelievable career uh, uh she's probably right now i think by all accounts i I personally feel that this she's probably the greatest person to play tennis ever. Uh I that's subjective but uh do I do I like her do I like watching her game that's another totally different thing but just judging by her results and how she has played throughout her career uh, Abhijit I think she's probably going to go down as the greatest to me but what is your opinion and how do you sum up her legacy? for sure man she won 23 grand slam titles and uh, i know for i think everybody knows this she's been chasing margaret courts 24 for past few years but she lost many finals after becoming the mother uh, and uh, people still try to undermine her legacy in the sense that oh court has 24 and you have 23 but we all know that courts titles came in 
you know a lot of them the came, uh, yeah in the amateur era i think she uh, caught one 11 uh, since the open era started uh, but yeah serena did it in the open era with the you know uh, the best wta field uh, and across almost four decades you know she's been playing since 1990s uh, i remember watching her when i was a kid and uh, i'm i'm turning 30 later this month and <laughs> she's still not retired so you know uh, yeah what a champion uh, i've always loved her serve i've always liked her forehand uh, i love her you know how passionate she is uh, for the for the sport and what she's done uh, for the black athletes in the United States, uh, it 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 really is very impactful. You know, like there are a lot of people who play tennis, and a lot of people, you know, it's uh, it's the there are parts of the world where tennis is not that popular. But if Serena is playing, uh, you know, people are tuning in. I, I mean, that's that's very impactful. And uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, she'll always be remembered in the world of tennis. I think she's the yeah in my book also she's the greatest of all time like just the sheer consistency it's unfathomable uh, to think that someone could be uh, so consistent 23 grand slams it's tough plus you also got to give it to her that she came back uh, from motherhood and then she again started playing and uh, she I think I still think she's good, but obviously you can see that compared to her past self, uh, she's not at that level anymore. But uh, the fact that she competes at international tournaments is uh, amazing. But also, uh, I did have issues with her throughout her career. And this is nothing to take away from her greatness or anything because uh, you can be really be good at what you do. And you can uh, be a horrible person in real life. I'm not saying she's a horrible person. I'm not saying that. But on court, like I still remember, I think the game with Naomi Osaka where uh, oh, yeah. I think uh, Osaka Awful. broke down. In t- that was the first, uh, I think, uh, grand slam of her career. It was just uh, from a perspective. I thought that was uh, the worst side of Serena I have seen uh, come uh, to life. And it was really sad the way she reacted. And she's also flipped out again on refs so many times. Uh, yeah. It, so again, this tells us humans are uh, not black and white. We are all uh, gray. But then again, nothing but respect for a career like that, because uh, it is just unimaginable to dominate uh, something like that. And I don't know. I don't see uh, even. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Rafael Nadal might just equal her someday if he gets lucky. But that still seems uh, unlikely. Well, I think it seems likely. To be honest with you. Uh, but um, you, uh, something that always stands out to me with these elite, elite athletes, right, is sustained excellence and how they are able to, you know, uh, even as they grow, how how they're able to figure out their bodies more than anything else. Because by that time, if you're elite, elite, and if you've played it for X amount of years, I think you figure out your game more or less. You can adapt, you can adjust because you have that innate knowledge in you based on your past experiences so you figure out your game you make changes to your game subtle changes some visible some not but i think for me the the whole elite athletes thing is how you figure out your body right um now serena i think uh very wisely like any other elite athlete has figured out a way to play tennis at a very high level even after she was older right Uh, it might be because i'm getting older that i'm thinking about all of these things but that's another matter um so the uh, just how she 
you know picked her tournaments she was never in she, she was never on the circuit circuit right she picked her tournaments you know she picked a couple of tournaments before every grand slam she she really did not play the french open the last few years i don't think right abhijit um, yeah. so uh, she, she picks her spots picks her tournaments to play in uh figures out her body figures out her conditioning and then when she does play because remember when she comes back in these big tournaments she's probably not seeded as higher as the others because she is not on the circuit so uh it's the for me it's the whole how she's able to figure out her body thing now when she came on initially in the late 90s i remember when she played the australian open and the us open against martina hingis right she was powerful she was also very very fast right she was extremely fast she could get to the freaking net like nothing man um uh but you know as as you grow older your speed obviously takes a bit of a back seat not to say that they completely reduce or get down on speed but definitely there is that uh but it's how you figure out your body uh, because your mind i think is already there experience is already there as far as your playing style goes so uh, she was able to figure out her body very well uh, i don't think she was um blessed necessarily with a with an athlete's body so to speak but she figured out her body she figured out her conditioning i'm sure she had a great a great team surrounding her but it's for me it's over the last 4 or 5 years it's it's how she was able to figure out her body and still sustain that high level abhijit yeah so uh, it's all about scheduling you know i for these older athletes um, i mean tennis was a sport where uh, players used to retire by the age of 30 you know sampras i think retired when he was 32 borg retired in his 20s uh, tennis now people are playing till the age of 35 someone like federer is 40 and still not retired uh, so that has changed in tennis in general it's thanks to modern medicine and you know uh, easier travel and all those things and uh, now when you see serena uh, as you said you know what she did in last 4 5 years still going deep in the tournaments winning tournaments it's only because uh, she managed her scheduling very well and uh, yeah i mean uh, I, i now i think serena is gone and next is fedra and i'm just preparing myself for that Um, I mean, I've I, I've been expecting this for past ten years, uh, but yeah, uh, it might happen uh, fe- uh, anytime. Federer is next, I, I guess. And it's also, I think, important to get in context. I think her twenty third slam was back in twenty sixteen or seventeen. So it's been twenty seventeen. Seventeen, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was twenty seventeen. So it's been a good six years now, five years. Maybe she's won. So, but again, hey, she's still been uh, competitive and she's still uh, got there. So, again, a big kudos because it it's more d- different for women athletes, uh, especially after motherhood coming back. Obviously, uh, I'm not experienced it, but it's just so inspiring to see uh, folks like that. Uh, and I feel definitely it's a tougher uh, road uh, for them compared to men uh, coming back after a physical uh, situation like that. Yep. and and also as abhijit said being a being a black woman at that time and just coming through with venus is just something that you know you see uh, like people like coco goff or sloan stevens now who just admire and look up to serena and what she means for like a black athlete in the world of tennis to uh, come that far right so there's definitely that added element because i don't know if you i did not watch the will smith movie did you watch the will smith movie abhijit yeah yeah Arankit? king richard it's a very good movie that was Please my recommendation it. for today but okay uh, anyway <laughs> so uh, yeah and actually if you s- go back in time uh, people who followed will know that actually venus was almost like the chosen one serena being the underdog and it's just surprising uh, it it 
tells you so much about her mentality about uh, just her fortitude to go out there and uh, be the best yeah and let's not forget she was one of the rare players who also played doubles for so long like she played yeah. uh, and her doubles career itself is very interesting that's a separate topic 14-0 14-0 in the slam finals and olympic yeah. gold medals i mean amazing yeah i mean i think there is no doubt that she is she she is the greatest tennis player uh, as, at least on the women's side of things i think there is no debate as far as Serena Williams legacies go um but i think for sure uh, she i remember her one game i think it was in wimbledon or something she had this terrible uh, cramp or something in her on her calf you could actually see that swelling up she was beating that beating that that swelling with her racket and that she just she just couldn't move luckily for, she just kept going through just going through it just kept losing games uh, just trying to extend the game as much as she could because there were clouds on the horizon you could see uh, her dad just asking her just stick on just stick on there's rain coming rain coming and then uh, the rain inv- invariably came and that when she came back she was she obviously obviously got a little bit of treatment inside but when she came back she was still not 100% but just uh, gritted her way through uh, and just won the tournament so i think she was she had that she had that instinct in her like all champions do where the, the just not giving up in any point there just be any point playing through injuries and stuff but as you also said and again there is always the the other side of serena where she was uh, all of a sudden she would just be extremely angry at a ref or extremely angry at a at a lines uh, at a line umpire or something like that yeah the the two us open episodes that you referred to was so weird the osaka one was 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 horrible i don't know what happened there uh so was the flipping out on the line umpire right abhi do you remember that incident where oh yeah i think was it sam stoser or king clisters i think 2011 or 2010 i think it was two back to back years i was uh, i think clisters yeah clisters i think uh, yeah, she got in uh, fight with the line umpire and uh, you know actually there's like uh, there's a problem with this debate also a bit because there's a general stereotype of you know an angry black woman you know uh, yeah. but at the same time in situations like this i would blame it on serena on most parts you know uh, I, i think it's it's not true to the, uh, i mean it could you know it's not about the stereotype it, it was like you know you could see what was happening and most people yeah. could see what was happening um so yeah i mean unfortunate incidents but uh, i think that's not going to be a problem for her overall legacy oh for sure for sure that that, that in no way is going to affect her legacy also and also i think she's uh like all athletes should do the in the 21st century i think she has a really strong social media game over the last 4 5 years it could be a pr engine or something like that but there's definitely a push uh, uh, in getting her uh, out there in terms of as soon as she became a mother i think she's also a producer on some netflix shows i think there was a naomi osaka show that came out where serena was an executive producer and so on so she definitely has has that set of in her as well but speaking of stereotypes and stuff like that i think she also played into a bit of uh, stereotypes also i think she uh, i think it was in the us open against naomi osaka where she was talking about how uh, because she was a woman and because she was uh, you know she was playing into that uh, stereotype of because she's that they're blame they're doing this she, would they do that on the men's side and so on so uh, when i looked at the whole episode as objectively as i could i must say it's it's obviously there are human biases playing in but uh, i think definitely she was in the wrong there Yeah no if you can find the clip actually we should play that just to give our listeners yeah. a context of what we were talking about 
and yeah. uh, but we should also play all her other glory oh yeah for sure for sure well. it's yeah it will be unfair you are the liar count violation verbal abuse gang penalty mrs williams are you kidding me cuz i said you're a thief because you stole a point from me but i'm not a cheater but what but you i told you to apologize to me this is this is out excuse me i need the referee You know how many other men? You know how many other men do things that are? Mu- I, I don't think they do much worse than that. This is not fair. And again, I want to. given her career, so I think it spanned how many decades her career was. So I think nineteen nine was. Four, right? Yeah. Nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, two thousand twenties. So when I think about it as an athlete, when you have a forty year career. टू इंसिडेंट्स मतलब चलता है लाइक इट कैन हैपन इट कैन हैपन यू कैन हैव अ बैड आई थिंक यू आर अलाउड टू बैड डेज एट ऑन एट वर्क ओवर फोर्टी इयर्स इट्स फाइन सो अगेन आई गिव हर दिनिफिट ऑफ डाउट बिकॉज ऑब्वियसली आई एम नॉट मेटर बट शी इज अ वेरी इंस्पायरिंग पर्सनैलिटी एंड आई एम एक्चुअली वेरी एक्साइटेड टू सी हर इन अ नेक्स्ट अवतार बिकॉज इट सीम्स लाइक शी शी इज वेरी इन टू टेनिस एंड वॉन्ट्स टू डू अलॉट फॉर द स्पोर्ट and other things in general so uh, very curious to see what her uh, post retirement life will be like she set up a firm called serena ventures and now she's invested in more than 60 ventures and she collaborates with nike and you know um, she's married to the guy who founded reddit so they have some business plans together and yeah i mean she, we will see here about serena again and again because she's going to be a great business woman as well i'm very sure Yeah. Uh, also, just a quick word on peak Serena. I think when Serena was at her peak, <laughs> I don't think there was anybody close who can, who could even touch her, man. I mean, we like she came through what Hingis. There was Lindsay Davenport. There was Kim Clijsters. Justin Hannah Harden. I'm not Justin Hannah. I should say. Uh, there's all these players who came through, but peak Serena, nobody could even touch. Not even Venus, right, Abhijit? There's no just no stopping her. No, man. I mean, if you see her Grand Slam record, even these twenty-three single titles, I think she. probably lost four finals like one to maria and a couple two to venus williams and i think one to sam stoss or something like that and like like last four five losses you know came to in together but uh, yeah i mean she was untouchable man <laughs> like her serve like her serve man like it's it's still so, so good she defeated the world number 2 right now in this us open so i mean uh, like at her peak uh, nobody uh, could even come near her yeah what a champion What a champion! Uh, what a great career! So we'll we'll just leave uh, leave this topic as far as uh, Serena goes. There, I think I'm sure as as Aniket said, we're going to see more of her and in the news and the sporting world again. Uh, but let's move on to uh, the actual tournaments itself. Tournament itself. Now, uh, Abhijit and I were briefly chatting in the first week of the US Open, where I was talking to him about you know it's probably going to be. I just started watching Alcaraz, man. He's so exciting. uh kirios looks good it's probably going to end up being a kirios alcaraz final we did not get the kirios alcaraz final because it ended up uh, being alcaraz and rude but let's talk about carlos alcaraz man 19 years of age winning his first uh, grand slam title uh, they're talking about uh, on the commentary about pete sampras and how he won his first uh, grand slam title when he was 19 uh, it was us open again but i think the similarities end there right because he's no not even close to sampras's playing style Alcaraz I think has took uh, the 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 game by storm. 
reminds me of uh, because it's spanish i'm not saying that but it reminds me of an early rafa nadal where in terms of how he gets to every ball he's like super energetic super enthusiastic he feels like he can win any point he can get to any ball the exuberance of youth you can just feel it coming through the television sets uh he's such an exciting player i think he has a game that uh fits all surface i just say because he has a great all round game he has tremendous ground strokes he gets to every ball he's also great at the net right abhijit so uh such an exciting prospect in the future dude so everybody is on the alcaraz hype right now i've been on that hype since 2020 early 2020 there was a uh, there's a channel called trans world sport you know they usually interview these upcoming players and i remember watching this dude and the title was spain's next rafael nadal or something like that and everybody was like there'll be no other rafa and you know like whatever and then um, i remember juan carlos ferrero his coach you know yeah. it all happened when that switch happened i think at the age of 15 alcaraz went to ferrero and since then they are doing you know some incredible things and uh, one year ago when we were talking on this podcast yeah. he defeated sitsipas remember and that time like sitsipas was saying i've never seen anybody hit the ball you know like even like ha- ha- as hard as this little kid and uh, earlier this year we saw him there was one tournament very different rafa djokovic zverev back to back you know the quarter finals semis and finals that was like mind blowing and of course now he's been winning masters and i mean he was one of the favorites to be honest but to do this at the age of 19 to become world number 1 win your slam the youngest world number 1 in the history of atp uh, and uh, yeah i mean uh, i think tennis is in safe hands i'm so happy that you know he's doing so well it's and he's so much fun to watch more than anything you know he's so much fun to watch he's like a mix of all federer nadal djokovic uh, like as you said you know he's very quick to get the balls uh, he has that those rpms you know what rafa generates on the ball he's managed to get those Federer, uh, he has that. You know, he comes to the net. You know, he's very graceful like that. And Djokovic, he 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 gets the ball. He's very elastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, he has every uh, shot in the book plus more, something more. You know, so yeah, that's Alcaraz for me. I so again, uh, I I was pleasantly surprised. I honestly did not follow him uh, much before this tournament. I had heard of him. I had never seen his game, and th- this has happened to me like three times in my life. where i've seen a player for the first time and i have felt that they are special he's one of them so the first one i remember is was frank lampard when i saw him play for chelsea i didn't know who lampard was i just saw i'm like holy shit who is this guy and he turned out to be frank lampard and second was lionel messi and the third one was i felt like oh this guy is going to be huge and uh, just seeing him play a uh, fantastic game I thought, uh, yeah, and uh, I think the hype is real. I mean, like he's a kid; he's 19, and uh, he's got a lot more to go. Obviously, it's an uncertain world. Uh, I just hope he keeps himself injury-free. I think that was uh, Rafa's biggest problem. Especially, it does seem his game is very physical as well. Like he gets to everything. So, uh, but again, he's 19. So I think he can. That's the key. He thing, can right? take he's a se- he can take a semi truck right now. so he's he's at that time but anyways very exciting and i actually look forward i'm very excited to see uh, how he uh, does from here on i think abhijit somebody told he said uh, he's just fun i think right now we just have to enjoy how he's playing you just don't have to worry about anything else with injuries or so on Th- those they will come later on right now he's 
at peak of physical fitness it's probably only going to be better as as the next couple of years go by but man he's fast he's unbelievably fast you know those drop shots where you think there's no way he's going to get to that he's just he's way behind the baseline and he just just the way he runs and gets to it so comfortably and then also when he when somebody lobs it over him he just goes and runs back again like it's nothing it's just yeah it's it's unimaginable to me that he's he's getting to all those balls but definitely a player to watch out for his his ground strokes are so impressive some of his forehands man is just uh, the power he imparts on them i did not know about the whole rpm thing but that he imparts so much top spin on the ball but yeah uh, quick word on Juan Carlos Ferrero i remember him i did not know this until i saw his uh, wikipedia page alcaraz's wikipedia page that he was his coach i remember him winning the french open all those years ago before the reign of uh, nadal began uh, he, does his playing style uh, do you think alcaraz has influenced is influenced by any of his playing style or do you think ferrero has just let him be i think he has let him be but i'm sure his wa- his his at the net plays definitely uh, ferrero's uh, coaching Yeah but like Ferrero is like you know the classic Spanish court clay player you know they all had the same style if you see Moya you know Juan Carlos Ferrero Rafa Curtin. yeah Curtin uh but Rafa was different uh but yeah of course he's let him just you know be like it's because the sport has changed so much you know when Ferrero played uh, in the 90s it was a different sport uh, early 2000s and now you have to be on the baseline so much you know you can't go at the net uh, as often as uh, you would like to um, but yeah i think uh, he has some impact but it's more about the mentality and the training and the nurturing you know that's how ferrero has helped him i also wanted to add like even though he's 19 he seems like a very intelligent player like his covering of the court it's not like brute force like nadal just reach the ball but because you can't go sliding on a hard court like nadal does on this thing but his covering of the court is uh, uh fantastic i think it's second to none right now yeah he's the best player man he's the world number one right now he's the best player in the world <laughs> um so um i think he his game against was it sinner i think was an was a classic was just a wonderful wow. game the five setter now sinner was an awesome uh, look look to play a really awesome game as well but uh alcaraz i think was just too good at the time you know you also when you're riding a wave of confidence i'm sure that has something to do with it i know it's when when at the heat of in the heat of battle though those things probably don't come in the picture but i think there has to be that mental thing in him like look i've come this far i can do anything right now he's he was he was probably invinc- probably feeling invincible at that point but you are uh, so, uh, so right you know those uh uh when he's getting to those balls he's not getting to those like yeah i'm just getting this with speed and brute force and also and stuff like that he was just just his placements uh you know even in the you know in the finals if, uh, if we talk we also have to talk about casper ruud we we did speak about him uh, uh, in the french open when he made the final again he's making all these finals man just one more step has to clear that final hurdle uh, but i think casper ruud i think the difference to me with between casper ruud and alcaraz this time was um Uh, Alcaraz was deliberately trying to put him out of his comfort zone. Casper Ruud to me has uh, uh, comes across as a player who is very comfortable uh, at the baseline or beyond. Uh, but you know, Alcaraz is like he's here there and everywhere. He he plays all these drop shots, he comes to the net, makes them uh, makes the other player feel uncomfortable. So I think Ruud was kept out of his comfort zone by Alcaraz in the final Abhijit. Yeah, dude, Ruud actually, you know, I'm surprised that he reached the final uh, of US Open because 
Rude is actually world number two right now, uh, but he has never won a title about 250 level, ATP 250 level. And he's a clay court specialist. And uh, he, of course, reached the final of French Open, uh, unfortunately lost. Uh, but he, he uh, like, you know, like uh, when the final was going on, all my friends, these girls, they're asking me, who is this dude? You know, because like he's good looking and, you know, he had that uh, very good uh, uh, sportsmanship moment also where... Uh, ball bounced twice on his racket and uh, then, you know, he gave the point away to Alcaraz and uh, yeah, uh, but when, you know, he took the second set, I still had some hope on the route. I think, you know, he might figure out Alcaraz, but uh, eventually uh, Alcaraz just powered through in four sets and um, you know, won the championship. But I guess Rude is going to get a better player now because he's lost two slam finals. And it just reminds me it reminds me of someone like Medvedev, you know. He also lost two slam finals and then last year he came and won the US Open. Sometimes you need all these losses uh, for to become a better player. And I hope that's what it does for Casper Ruud as well. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, uh, you speak about Casper Ruud and how he has not won any big titles so far. You know, he reminds me of... Uh, do you remember Ivan Lubicic? The guy oh, yeah, who was taller guy? Address he, coach now. Whose coach is he? He's Federer's coach. Oh, is he? Yeah, from okay, okay. Because he was, yeah, he was this guy who was always on the circuit, was always making these semi-finals. He was make sometimes finals, but he would never win a slam, right? That's what Root kind of reminded me of when you were talking about him. But obviously, Root has a long way to go. I'm sure he has, especially with all the big ones slowly retiring. You know, it's going to be an open field soon, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think we should also talk about. Uh, you know, we spoke about Root, but we also have to talk about. Uh, uh, the American sensation Francis Tiafo. Uh, he is uh, speaking of youth and exuberance and enthusiasm. He seems like a guy. Now it could be a flash in the pan. It could be, it could be for real. Who knows? I guess I'm going to use a grand old cliche of time will tell. But uh, Tiafo is, uh, you know, who, I, who who he reminds me of. He reminds me of James Blake. Not just because he's like African American or something like that, but his whole physique and how he plays. Reminds me of a little bit of James Blake. Uh, but then again, Triaf, I think, is right now a much better player than Blake was. Uh, just different playing style. Uh, what did you make of uh, uh, the whole tournament uh, on uh, on Tiafo, Abhijit? Uh, again, you know, uh, when we talk about American tennis, we all, of course talk about Serena and all. But when it comes to men's side, they haven't had a champion since, since yeah. Andy Roddick who yeah. won three US Open. So, you know, I'm just waiting for an American men's player to shine right now because with this, you know, social media age and, you know, now Netflix uh, covering uh, tennis, whoever comes up now, this Taylor Swift, Swift uh, Taylor Swift, I'm saying, sorry, Taylor Fritz or uh, <laughs> a big four, you know, whoever comes in and shines right now, uh, they will make a huge impact uh, on the sport. And uh, what he did, you know, to beat Rafael Nadal uh, in that match. I think that was spectacular. And uh, then, of course, Michelle Obama also came recently. She came to see, you know, the, the news reached, you know, uh, to those sections of the society as well. And, uh, yeah, again, very entertaining game. Uh, I, I, it's, he's also one of those players, like, you know, I put him in the category of Kyrgios, Alcaraz, Federer, uh, uh, who I will pay uh, to watch, you know. So, yeah, he's an entertainer, man. So much fun. You know, um, uh, you just spoke about Kyrgios. Um, I was watching the first week of the US Open and I thought he was going to win it all, man. 
he was looking so good he i think he has his game figured out now i think he now understands his game very well so he's he hasn't he hasn't let go of any of his past instincts he's still playing some of those exuberant shots uh, some exotic shots but i think that's who he is so he's sticking to that which is great but he's also at the same time figured out how to uh how to win matches i think win, win the big matches i should say so i was surprised honestly when he lost to kachanov um he beat medvedev when he kirios beat medvedev and he went ahead and lost to kachanov so uh what did you make of nick kirios again i thought he was going to win it all this time dude he's playing the best tennis of his life i mean he won the like he reached the wimbledon final and now again you know deep in us open i think he's finally realized his uh, talent potential of his talent i mean of course everybody's known that you know he's very talented and you know he can beat the best players on his best day but now he can actually understand okay going deep in the tournament doing this on a constant you know constant basis uh, i think you know he has a new girlfriend now so you know that i think he seems very happy in that space as well and i think he's just yeah becoming a you know a man in the sense that you know he's trying to take care of things and uh that is getting reflected in his game uh that's my uh, personal belief um so he yeah, also has the public support behind him now which he did not yeah. have yeah like you know like he is such a divisive figure in tennis so many people love him so many people hate him but uh i usually see a lot of people now supporting him and now the next is austrian open where he won uh, you know he's the defending champion in doubles and i think there's a very good chance he might go deep in the singles as well i think he has a shot at i think he has at least one grand slam title to his name aniket yeah i mean i obviously saw i think i saw his very early on game and he again he seemed to carry what uh, form he had at the wimbledon final i, I again uh, blame his final loss to his uh, his way of handling uh, himself rather than his game i think the way he was serving his serve still is uh, pretty spectacular but what i found very interesting and this is why i i love him because i it's been a while i've seen a tennis player because i used to get espn updates on my phone and i think twice something i got like kirios fine kirios fine and uh, i used to i'm like dude what is this guy up to and it would make me so curious to see why has he been fine so apparently he was he received uh, one of the uh, largest fines this year about 14000 dollars or something for five offenses at the us open so he he's a again uh, outside he's a colorful character and as long as you don't do something bad shit crazy i think it's good to have folks uh, who bring uh, another dimension to their game for sure i think he was the one who were, who raised an objection against medvedev and coaching right was it was it kirios sitsipas i think sitsipas oh, sitsipas yeah. sitsipas zverev zverev and medvedev medvedev they've done it against sitsipas a couple of times okay oh that's sitsipas okay but yeah Ki- uh, kirios is you know if he sees something he's going to talk about it if he sees something he's going to react to it and now, now i think he's figured out a balance because he's still that guy he's not a changed guy or something like that he's not a transformed guy he still has that in him but i think he's figured out a way to win matches he, he obviously has the game to do it so Australian Open, maybe he has it, but I think he definitely has a Grand Slam to his name, uh, at least in the next year. We'll see what happens. Um, now, I think let's move on to the women's side of things, where uh, you know we spoke about Iga Swiatek a, a few uh, podcast episodes ago uh, as to how she was unstoppable. A uh, bit of a tournament like this, it bit looked similar uh, this time around too. She was great. She breezed through. I think she had a couple of three setters in the tournament, but still, I don't think she looked in. Uh, any kind of disarray anything like that abhijit she she still continues to be the player to beat yeah man she is what 
21 world number one third slam and uh you know i thought she was only good on clay but man she's uh doing so well on the hard course she this year she had like i think 37 match win streak and uh she was serving bagels and uh bread sticks so six zero six one in many of those she did a lot of that this uh open as well and uh yeah man she's she's the uh she, like when ash Barty re- retired i thought you know now who's gonna take that number one spot is it osaka gonna come back or uh you know is there any other player and Schwantik, you know, she just took on that opportunity and uh, she's the player to beat now. Am I the only one who actually saw some uncanny resemblance in the men's finals and the women's finals? For example, Schwantek, fast. Again, fast, powerful, very similar to what Alcaraz was. And on the other side, you had a two-time finalist, on Jabbar, who basically uh, was known for a drop game, but she just didn't get a chance. Like... Swantek was reaching anything and everything that uh, Ons Jabbar had again. Uh, I was hoping that Ons wins and only because I saw her live in Wimbledon. And I thought, uh, okay, you know, she lost it that time, let it win. But after the first set, I'm like, Iga is taking this. Like, I changed my loyalty immediately. And it was just because of a game. Like, it was nothing more. Like, it was like, I'm like, it's it's not going to be easy to beat her. She did fight though, Ons, uh, to be honest. And... Uh, yeah, I just saw so many similarities between Casper Rudd and Ons Jabbar in the style of plays and the other two winners. Uh, yeah, Gotham. Now, Ons uh, did save, what, two or three match points, right, going in. Now, uh, I think as soon as it went to a tie break, I think all these players, man, once you win, once you get the taste of a Grand Slam win or once you are there, they figure out a way. Because, again, I think it's that... It's overcoming that mental hurdle, right? It's if also you, if you are at that st- yeah. It's also like muscle memory, right? If you've done something yeah. once, I you mean, you know what it, to do. Yeah, you kind of figure out. Uh, it's again like we're talking about how Real Madrid freaking comes from nowhere and wins the Champions League. It is that thing. Like once you figure something out, uh, you know how to get there again. So yeah, because especially when it went to a tie break, I thought you know yeah Shuantik is probably going to win this there's no way she's going to lose that game because I think again you figure out a way to win you figure out a way in those key moments when you're let's say you're down 2-1 in the tie break or you're you know you're serving for a match point or something like that you figure out a way to win and I think uh, Shuantik did that uh, as you said uh, BG 21 years of age 3 grand slam titles she has more coming I'm 100% sure of that uh, but what did you make of Ons in this tournament and the final uh, result Dude, I just feel sad, man. Like, I just wanted to win. I mean, it will be such a huge thing for African tennis yeah. and the Arab world. Uh, I mean, what Sanya Mirza did in India, you know, she will have a similar impact. Uh, but, you know, uh, for a for, uh, for a larger region. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've spoken about her game when we covered Wimbledon, you know. Amazing drop shots. Uh, plays well from the baseline. Very strong also on both wings. Power player. Uh, power player. And um, now it's just that uh, I hope she wins the slam soon, maybe next year. Uh, but yeah, my best guess would be again Wimbledon next I year. I think we should uh, we should speak about a couple of uh, uh, names. And Anika, you had a point to make? Sorry. Yeah, I was... Uh, so in the second set, when Ons was playing Iga, it was very weird to see that Ons was actually putting Iga on her forehand for so long. And I'm like, dude, if... How can someone's backhand be so good? Like, 
basically she was ega was so comfortable on her backhand she seemed uh, to lose drop a lot of points due to unforced errors and stuff when she was playing forehand and if you can have a backhand it's better than your forehand well you're half sorted i think in life yeah 100% uh, for sure uh, i think we should speak out a couple of names who've kind of take, taken a back seat amara adakanu and nami osaka i think osaka we've spoken at length uh, what do you make of amara adakanu abhijit quite near for her after winning the us open last year uh, she's seen a dip in form she's she's changed coaches uh, she never really looked good coming in uh, and and duly kind of bowed out early in the tournament so what did you make of her i'm again we should probably say that she's extremely young she already has a grand slam title to her name so she has a long way to go but what do you think went wrong for her i knew this was going to happen man like like you know when she won she's never she did something that no other tennis player has done right she came through qualifying and then won for the seven uh, games and then you know won the slam and uh, she had this one year now to you know cash in on that uh, you know fame she's got and uh, even if you see her results in other tournaments they were not that impressive but again she's a, she like she's someone you know who's done that now so with age i think she will get better uh, but then again she lost the first round so you know she's dropped down the ranking now she's i think world number 80 now, now so the other thing also is you know the it's the law of numbers right you they say you always regress to the mean so you have a mean value you might see ups you might see downs but you always go back to the your mean value right so i think amaradagan seems to be a player to me right now obviously there's there's we ca- we just can't say that she's not going to be there again or something like that but you always get back to your mean she, but when she won the us open i think it was a uh, uh, right player at the right time she was qualifying she was riding that wave she had the game not to say she was not a good player or something like that she had it but she rode the wave but i don't think she has a complete game yet aniket so the law of large numbers right you as yeah. you go you converge to the me- yeah but then again i would say uh, she's a kid like she's still 19 yeah. so uh, for sure i think uh, again i i kind of second what abhijit said like when that happened uh, i had this feeling and i was hoping i would be wrong but i'm like oh this i not a one time thing but this is definitely a surprise and it didn't seem at that point that she would do this uh, regularly uh just because uh, like you said she was at the right place at the right time she played i think lela fernandez in the final uh, it was so uh yeah and uh yeah just maybe time i think uh, as uh, i think you figure out you learn things and you grow the thing is when these people start so young i think uh, they have a lot of time at their hand especially if you have done it at 19 sometimes i also wonder like uh, how do you keep that hunger going you know if you've done it at 19 uh, it's really tough to uh, you know i don't know maybe desire more so it could be anything and everything we're speculating at this point yeah she she did have a change of coaches so we'll see where that takes i'm sure she's going to now have a bit of a break leading into the next grand slam abhijit dude you know what i just wanted to say like there have been uh, i think uh, this uh, grand slams have been there since 1881 or something and since then only about 125 women out of you know thousands and you know millions of uh, tennis professionals who came in who uh, won a slam and she's one of them even if she doesn't win a slam 
from now on i think that's okay like, like you know sometimes yeah. we like this storytelling here right i mean someone came in you know an unknown player came through qualifying you know one seven state matches and she became a champion and you know um she, that that's never going to be taken away from her and yeah. uh, i think she will get better and she will you know probably uh, win more in the future but if she doesn't that's fine too that's what i think yeah you know you, you some yeah but sometimes so yeah you're right so it is about storytelling because if you remember uh, you, what do you remember goran evans which for you will remember him for that wild card uh, yeah, uh, that he won uh, right it, yeah, just he won one that's enough for him exactly yeah. so sometimes you know uh, we'll still probably be talking about radukanu uh, many decades from now on uh, we don't know what's going to happen but let's see Yeah, no, I, I yeah. completely like just winning a Grand Slam by itself is a feat, and doing it the way she did is another thing. So yeah, I mean, you have your crowning moment when you're nineteen. That's a good life. So <laughs> exactly. Um, any other standouts for you? I have a couple of weird observations that I noted down. But... Jessica Pegula, Coco okay. Goff. Uh, those those were actually my picks on another show before we did this year's Open. and uh, coco gov just uh, made her debut in top 10 and jessica in top 5 uh, something about jessica you know she's a daughter of a billionaire uh, her father is very influential he owns a couple of american football teams as well and uh, there was always this oh she's just this you know rich father's kid whatever but now look at her game man she is you know deep in the tournaments uh, she made three quarter finals this year three quarter finals at slams and uh, now she's in top 5 of the world uh you know, the f- number one U- united states player uh so yeah pegula was i think she was impressive um and even her press conference you know where she's just having a beer like it became a kind of an iconic moment i'll send you that link later uh but yeah she she's so chill man and coco golf also uh you know uh, we've been talking about coco for past few years now when she beat venus at wimbledon um but uh, she also lost a french open final earlier this year uh but she she's going to get there it's like you know uh, just give her some time and coco will make all of us proud what a, a couple of weird observations from me right what's up with those uh, men's outfits where we know the one alcaraz was wearing that white and orange one like five or 10 other people are wearing the same freaking nike shirt i haven't I, i'm sure there are like stock nike outfits that are available for all players to wear but that was everywhere don't you think <laughs> no it's it's about the endorsement deal so what happens is like for example if you must have seen federer you know wearing those yeah. rf and uh, rafa's outfit is always different so what they do is with these uh, uh marquee players they have a contract where they make a different outfit for them yes and uh, they have their you know logo or uh, you know something uh, that is very unique to them and then they have these common pool yeah. which are also selling on the nike stores and online so it's about that selling right and that's why you actually you see all these weird colors coming you know pink neon and all that which is uh, not that common but now it's uh, common in athlete uh, wear and uh, it's, a, it's just that they're trying to sell these clothes and uh, alcaraz and uh, uh, you know uh, francis yeah. they 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 haven't uh, got that co- specific contract yet yeah now alcaraz will get i'm very sure <laughs> yeah I, th- i thought so but it was it was weird to see because that same shirt that he was wearing the uh, five or six other men were wearing the same thing as well so that is weird to me i haven't seen that early i'm sh- i've seen a couple repeats in the previous uh, grand slams because you know all these smaller players have 
uh, uh, wear those uh, stock shirts. It is weird. I don't know. I thought that orange streak shirt was everywhere. That just yeah. that just tells you a lot of Nike athletes are playing Grand Slams. So that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, the other thing, weird thing was uh, the ball boys and ball girls. Remember in the U.S. Open previously, they used to, you know, when they pass the ball from one ball boy to the other ball girl or something like that. They usually U.S. Open they used to throw it overhead from one side of the court to the other. They used to throw like actual throw over the head throw. Now Wimbledon okay. has always been super traditional. They cold and just roll and stuff. Austin Open all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now I've seen the US Open is now rolling instead of throwing it. Yeah. Even I remember the, the the ball boys and girls they used to s- throw the ball cross court to the other end over the overhead previously. They don't do that yeah. anymore. I don't know if there's a deliberate change or not. Something weird that I observed. Anyway, any other weird observations from any of you guys? No, I no bad. Please go ahead, Anikhil. No, I was just going to say that uh, after the men's finals, uh, it was obviously on 9-11, right? It was a pretty somber moment. Yeah. And I think uh, both the athletes, again, did a good job, especially Casper after uh, his defeat. I think they did a good job to just talk about it. I think it was important. Until they spoke about it, just even though it was, it was planted on the court there, it didn't register with me. And then once he spoke, I'm like, okay, that's a really good presence of mind also after uh, uh, winning so we can maybe have that audio as well anyway we'll have Alcaraz's win so yeah thank you and um, before we talk about tennis um, I just wanted to say something uh, as I know it's an emotional day for Americans uh, during this state uh, I send my prayers to everyone who lost their lives on this uh, tragic day tragic incidents that happened Yeah, uh, in the tragic incidents that happened here in this city and this beautiful country of yours and uh, my heart and thoughts go out to everyone who lost someone close, a relative or someone they loved. So something we never forget. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to rain on this parade, but you know, all these players have PR agents and stuff like that who make it a point to let them know that, hey, look, it is 9-11, make sure you put a word in out there. Even... I'm sh- I'm not saying they're unaware or something anything like that. I'm sure they they know that stuff, but don't don't put it past the PR agency to remind the players. You know, but actually remember last year when uh, Emma and Lela also and yeah. they also spoke about it. I think it was amazing because they were not even bored when that happened. Uh, same for Alcaraz actually. Um, but it showed that presence of mind and that maturity because it came so naturally. At least yeah. that's what I felt with the girls. Maybe not with the uh, men uh, this time. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's nice to, you know, uh, yes, 100%. pay your respect. And yeah, so uh, that's just uh, part of I think, yeah, even even if a PR guy reminds you to talk about it, you you have to, you, you are the one who's responsible for saying the words out, Ex- right? So exactly, it has to come right? Out the presence of mind, you've lost one of the biggest tournaments of your life. And you, I, I give it to them. Like just being able to compose and collect themselves, collect your thoughts. It was interesting. Awesome. Um, so that was as far as US Open goes. Abhijit, looking forward, what do you think is going to happen the rest of the... There is there's the finals coming up in London that happens every year, right? So, uh, Yeah, now they have shifted to Turin in Italy. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah, but now immediately we have the Chennai Open uh, that's happening in India this week. Uh, we have someone like Jeannie Bouchard, 
Karman actually won a match yesterday, so she's yeah. probably going to become India number one now. So those are some exciting news. Uh, then there's the Lever Cup where the big four are coming together: Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Andy Murray, with Casper Ruud uh, and Tsitsipas. So I think that you know that will be a, a, a great event to follow. And at the end of the year, we'll have the world's top eight players. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the rest of the year looks exciting. And uh, for Austrian Open, I can't wait, man. Like, you know, Alcaraz, Nadal, Federer might come back, Djokovic, if he's going to get the entry. I mean, it's it's all very exciting. Huh? I'm, I just can't wait. Um, You said Big Four. Come on, you should say Big Three, man. You can't just club Andy Murray <laughs> just because he's... Just call it Big Three. Andy I knew Murray, this was coming. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a good player, but come on. You can't just club him with uh, other three who have won at least 20 Grand Slam titles. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, big three plus Andy Murray. And uh, I mean, I, I I don't know why Wawrinka is not playing Lever Cup. I think they should get him sometime. You know, yeah. Wawrinka is so much fun to watch. And he's also three-time slam champion and close to Federer, actually. So, Federer again, again, for those who are not aware, can you talk to us a minute about what the Lever Cup is? Oh, yeah, sure. So, Lever Cup is a relatively new concept in tennis. It is modeled after the Ryder Cup in golf, where... Uh, team world, so sorry, team Europe plays plays against the rest of the world. So rest of the world is, you know, the best players come from the United States and Australia for now. One day, hopefully, an Indian player also will be there. Uh, some South Americans are there, uh, you know, Schwarzman and all. Um, so yeah, it's it's like uh, Europe's best versus the rest of the world. Uh, they play for three days, and every day your match, the points get you know doubled and tripled. So. You have to play till the last day for the conclusion of the event. So that's a very exciting concept. And um, yeah, you see Federer and Nadal teaming up and Federer and Djokovic, they've teamed up before. And now this year, it's, you know, Murray is also in the mix. A uh, lot of fun. It's a black coat. You know, the Europe wears all blue colors and uh, the rest of the world wear all red. So that's kind of the arrangement. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the events I want to attend, actually. I'm looking forward to, you know, going and attending this event one day. So, so yeah. But it's not just an exhibition, right? It is serious. Like It is a part of ATP World Tour now. It's a sanctioned event. So you're, uh, you don't get ranking points, but your head-to-head count, uh, it gets counted. Okay. Yeah. And they get uh, crazy prize money. I mean, uh, every player who signs up, if you win, there's prize money. And just for signing up also... They're like literally spending millions. The also why did why did the finals change from London to Turin? Is was there a reason to do that or is it just a ATP finals? Uh, yeah, yeah uh, it just uh, they've been doing it in uh, London for many many years at the O2 Arena. I've actually gone and seen that back in 2019. It was it's just a beautiful exciting. setup there. It was a very beautiful setup there, um, but they just uh, how do I say they put up it for an auction kind of thing. And uh, Italy is putting a lot of money in tennis. So if you see the next-gen ATP finals also take place in Milan, in Italy. Now this Turin, you know, uh, is uh, taking place, the finals there. It's, I think, the push uh, by the Italian uh, Tennis Federation and the ATP current president is also an Italian person. So, and if you go to Italy right now, you know, you'll see even lower level tournaments, challengers and uh, uh, satellites and AT- ITF events all the time. So, that's why you see now the result, you know, Baritini, Sinner, they all are doing what they're doing because of what Italian tennis is doing. So that's one of the reasons uh, it moved from London to Turin. It's very nice. So just to uh, piggyback off this, like I was thinking back in the day, 
like you mentioned about 2003 uh, champion has not come out from the states right us but there was a time where us was absolutely dominating you had like pete sam agassi stampers yeah so they used to be Dang. right up there in the forefront Dang. so yeah no just an observation i made while you were same with the same with the australians dude uh, exactly what i was going to say with the australians is huwet and rafter and philippus and all those guys so right now team europe might win many many euro uh, lever cup for uh, you know upcoming years but you once we have someone like del potro and huwet and brody can then and you know then maybe uh, the lever cup team like the european team will be probably weaker so we'll see what happens but for now it's like <laughs> they've been winning every year europe has been winning winning every year it's, it's, a, it's a nice concept though um yeah. the uh, i think we should uh, end on so is it do you think it's curtain so sanya mirza i think she said is going to be she said it was going to be her last tournament but she she got injured so she was not able to participate in the us open so where do things stand now i think uh, she will probably postpone her retirement that's what the feeling i've got let's see is, do you think she's probably going to play the australian open and then call it quits there yeah probably Yeah, that's where it started. I mean, probably yeah. not for you, but for me, <laughs> at least, you know, I remember watching her. Back. Didn't she play the Australian Open? Was that wasn't that her first Grand Slam that she played in? Um, I think she probably played somewhere else, but she went deep and like really made news because of Australian Open. That's what I remember. I remember watching her and Serena uh, in the yeah. Australian Open. Like, I can't forget that. That was like. my full family I got together so. and we were like oh wow this will be i mean uh, we knew it'll be a tough game but yeah <laughs> yeah all right let's move on to recommendation we'll start with the guest abhijit okay guys so i recently read this book called advantage india the story of indian tennis by anindya anindya datta uh, sorry yeah anindya datta and like for someone who's a fan of indian tennis this book was amazing you know there are stories from uh, you know early 19th century sorry late 19th century to early 20th century and he has chronicled everything you know why we indians are great at doubles we end up as mahesh bhupati uh, you know the problem with the federation so yeah i mean this is my recommendation yeah go please go read this book that's awesome aniket so my recommendations are uh, two one was uh, king richard uh, just the movie uh, it's a i think it's it's a well made movie on the life of uh, the williams sisters and the williams family actually uh, in this particular case and the other one was uh, i also saw this other movie called rooney so it's rooney's uh, documentary about uh, wayne rooney just very interesting watch so these are my two recommendations okay uh, i have don't have a lot of recommendations i just only have well have couple but one is uh, there is a youtube pack youtube package out there that has uh, carlos alcaraz's top 10 points in the us open it is on the us open tennis championships official youtube channel so go check that out just to give you an idea of what a, what kind of player he is how he plays how quick he is how he gets to every ball everything that we discussed is encapsulated in that one video so take check that out uh, and my last recommendation is obviously news laundry go to that website click on the subscribe button you should uh, uh you be able to find the subscribe button pretty easily there you can subscribe to as low as 300 rupees a month so definitely go to the news laundry website we are just talking about a new new series uh, that uh, kunal kamra is hosting that is awesome uh, anand patwardhan was the first steps uh, uh, guest on the episode he speaks about uh, 
Ram Ke Naam, which is a great documentary if you haven't watched it. So check check all of our features out. There is also a, a host of podcasts that uh, the website has, articles, ground reports, news, and so on. So check that out. Uh, go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button. On that note, I think we should... Uh, we'll play you out with uh, some clips of the US Open, I'm pretty sure. So... Uh, do check that out but until next time uh, abhiji thanks again man we'll we'll definitely meet again this year we'll we'll definitely have you on this year to revisit some old classics if we can that is long due sure thank you so much guys it's always fun to talk to you guys so yeah thanks a lot thanks to producer lipi for producing this as well uh, aniket until next time man great great seeing you and great talking to you yeah everyone enjoy sport enjoy sport we'll leave it there thanks everyone It's all over this time. Serena's last dance is at an end. Ayla Tomljanovic, the Australian, is the woman to end the fairy tale farewell for Serena Williams here. The greatest of all time now knows that her time is finally up here in New York. simply the best and she gave it to the end there that amazing final game All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh,